If you design an education system based on performance, if tutors are obsessed about performance because the parents are anxious about performance, because the school is anxious about the performance, because the child then becomes anxious about the performance, you've created a learning environment that's actually completely counter to teaching someone. It's basic communication. Uh, we, are, we do that even in person anyway. Uh, but online you have to kind of amplify that aspect. You have to really think about it carefully. M mathematics is a great metaphor for life. You've got to think of what the hell is this question asking? What is this problem even about? And that's like life, you encounter a problem. What, what is this? How can I start to attack this problem? That in those moments I realized I'm just getting so much more out of you online you're like almost some of them are different people uh, online and it makes no sense for me to teach in person welcome to the qualified tutor podcast I'm your host Ludo Miller and I'll be interviewing tutors and thought leaders from across the tutoring landscape to inspire, inform, and motivate you to become the best tutor you can be. The Qualified Tutor Community is a safe and supportive space for tutors who love to learn and grow. We offer training, resources, ideas, and a chance to connect with like-minded tutors. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes. Welcome to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast uh, and a huge welcome to a true pioneer of, of online tutoring, Atul Rana. Um, Atul has built a, a large and dedicated following of tutors, educators, parents uh, and students by providing uh, helpful, practical advice consistently to all tutors out there, uh, but particularly in the field of maths and, and, and dyscalculia. Um, when we first spoke, Atul stated clearly that he, he wishes to bring tutors, good tutors, into the mainstream of, of education. And as someone with over eight years of online tutoring experience uh, who held his first ever tutoring session all the way back in October 2006, um, Atul has been in this field uh, longer than most. Today, here, we're going to be discussing uh, the approaches and, and strategies Atul has built over the years, including easy-to-follow steps for online tutors, both in terms of, of actual tutoring and, and continuing professional development. Atul, welcome to the QT podcast. How are you? Thanks, Ludo. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation, yeah. Very good. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on with us. Um, it's a pleasure to have you uh, promoting uh, what you do and, and what you've uh, learned over the years uh, on this podcast to, to our listeners uh, and, and much further afield. So we, I feel there are a number of reasons for this, Atul, given you've been tutoring for, for, for so many years now. But we'd love to start with, what is your why uh, as a tutor, Atul? Oh, that's a great, great question to start off with. Um, and before I sort of answer it as... As is, I think it's probably easier for me to use a story as like a, a format for the whole the whole interview. Um, so yeah, I'll go back to around 2014 when a parent contacted me 
in uh, somewhere in South London to go to their home and to teach there. Her daughter was in year six at the time who wanted to, uh, the parents were very keen on her going into certain schools because of the 11 plus exam, uh, which incidentally I don't tutor for anymore, but at the time I did. Um, so I went into the home and the first thing the daughter brought out was a, was a computer and they said, well, I'll do my, I'll do my maths using the computer, uh, like by typing it out. Uh, cause she had, uh, ADHD diagnosed and she had, she had some other bunch of issues, but she couldn't write very well or fast. So she was using a computer to type. And the very first thing I did was we can't do maths on a computer on typeset. So we can't use a computer to do maths, <laughs> uh, which is funny because maybe I think three years later I was teaching her online. And so she was using a computer to do maths, but at the time that's what I said. And, and, um, so yeah, this this tutee, the parents were anxious because they knew that she was a long way behind. I'll put that on in inverted commas for her maths, and uh, it's going to be a pretty close one for her to get into the whatever school they want her to get into. So I tutored her uh, pretty every week, sometimes twice a week, and uh, I think about two months down the line from the tutoring, the parents that just asked is X and Y going to get into the school we want to, and I, it was quite a tough question at the time for me, uh, and I had to be completely honest, and I said actually I don't think she's got the foundational aspects sorted, so you know I think don't think she is if I'm really honest, uh, but. Um, she might have a shot, depending on the exact school. But probably the more important thing is that she's actually started to learn maths. She started to uh, make sense of things that didn't make sense to her. And she feels quite relieved about that, actually. Um, so irrespective of what happens, I, I would urge you to continue the tutoring uh, after after we finished. So um, um, she didn't get into the schools. Uh, she stayed in the same school. But they did continue, and so she was in year six, so then she uh, got better and better, actually. So she was in the bottom set. She moved to the top of the bottom set. I remember I had a conversation with the teacher as well at the time. Uh, then she moved into the second last set, uh, and then to cut a long story short, she just moved through sets in years, you went from year six to year seven to year eight, year nine, 10, 11, by year 11, just the consistency. She ended up getting an A star in the IGCSE, decided to do A-level maths, uh, we continued with A-level maths and ended up going to Cambridge last year in this pandemic year. So, so for me, that story enca encapsulates the why. Uh, what, what I want to do is not to teach students to pass tests. Uh, of course, it is very important for them at a certain point. It's a high stakes thing. But I really want, I'm here to change lives because this, this child uh, is now, well, just practically adult. She's in Cambridge, I think, in the second year now. So it's a life changing experience, really. And uh, I think human beings are capable of an incredible amount of learning, provided they put in the effort uh, and provided the teaching is long-term, it's well thought out, it's in sync with the, what the school is doing. I was, I phoned up the teacher, we had a conversation and you know, we made sure that we're doing things that don't, don't conflict. Uh, so it's really, yeah, it's really, all, all people are capable of learning maths very, very well. Um, 
And so for me, my, my why is getting them to learn that maths for and treating it as a long-term thing so rather than this kind of uh, tutoring to the test. Yeah. That is one of the most complete answers at all that we've uh, ever had to that question. Um, and I was expecting some kind of uh, sort of seismic ending, but that is certainly something pretty incredible that she's now uh, studying at, at Cambridge, given her academic struggles when you first started with her. So um, there's quite a lot in there, really, isn't there, for the long-term application of learning that can be um, boosted or can be encouraged by by one-to-one tuition. Um, so it's you know, it's difficult to know where to go from that at all. There's so much kind of in that. So there's, I want to hear more about kind of these stories. Um, but I guess one thing to take from that is that the online tuition can be just as effective, if not more effective in many ways, to uh, face-to-face tuition. So could you just run us through maybe some of the key strength strengths to online tutoring that, that you've experienced in your in your career as, as, as a tutor? Yeah, there seems to be this sort of false dichotomy of online tutoring and face-to-face tutoring. Uh, and to be honest, it's all tutoring, really. Um, and to, I mean, this this particular student I used to, back in 2014, I'd have to travel a whole hour and like 15 minutes I calculated to teach for an hour and then an hour, 15 minutes back. So it was uh, just very inconvenient for me at the time. But by then I'd already been teaching two or three years online. So I, I knew like tutoring online or tutoring in general is about great communication. It's about how you communicate your ideas. And this is batting to and fro from you and your tutee. So I, I've taught this thing to you. And I want you to be able to talk back, articulate back at me what I think I've taught to you. And if they aren't able to articulate it back, then there's clearly something wrong in my teaching. So, uh, and that, that like core process, which is called the teach do uh, in the mastery teaching program, um, which is uh, Mark McCord's written about the teach do, there's practice and then there's behave. So in this initial phase of teach do, uh, that's all you're really, really looking for. Like, can you articulate back at what, what I've just taught to you, especially in math. So I've just done this, here's a, a question. Can you do the example back on a similar question? Yes, means you can do it. No means where, where exactly you no know, you're stuck in this bit that bit that bit further down etc etc so you do this kind of you run this test you know as tutors we're running these tests we're doing uh i mean in mainstream teaching mark says they're running thousands of tests per, per class uh, for tutors it's probably probably around hundreds of tests uh, per session uh so really with online tutoring is um it's tutoring actually uh a good tutor can be a good online tutor, whereas a tutor who is not a good tutor, to put it quite crudely, uh, won't be a good, good online. If anything, on the online will actually highlight even more because you are, you're working with limited circumstances, uh, limited things in, you know, in perception. Um, and one of the first things people felt was limited about online teaching and uh, inquiries I would get from parents is, well, you're not there in person. So how can you, judge where my people is how can you see what they're writing how can you uh, the biggest problem was how can you see their writing and how can you convey your writing to them and uh, I actually used both of those ideas and I made it a strength of online teaching which is actually I think it's better that the student is 
not there in the person because when you're in person, you're sitting with someone, uh, especially this 2T who was teaching, who was year six. Uh, I'm just physically bigger. And, and because she had ADHD, uh, one of her ways out was she was just very, very intelligent, but very good at talking. So she, she could distract me with intelligent questions that were unrelated to what I was teaching. She'd, she really, she really liked doodling as well. So I'd just see her doodling at a paper and I'd, I'd stop her. And I said, like, uh, why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? Why are you doodling away? So I, you know, and I now know that actually, yes, that is one of her responses to relax. And that's a way to uh, get into it. Um, so I use this perceived weakness of online tutoring as this distance. I call, I call it remoteness is in itself a pedagogical strength. The fact that there's not or this social pressure where I'm watching every single thing that my student is writing there. Uh, and I'm uh, a few times bigger than a child. Uh, you know, you have all of this kind of things that it makes the situation a lot more high pressure, social pressure. I, I, I just found the duties were articulating. I got much more out of them online. And I, I, this is the same students I was teaching sometimes in person and then online. And in that, in those moments I realized I'm just getting so much more out of you online. You're like almost some of them are different people uh, online. And it makes no sense for me to teach in person because I'm just, it's actually more effective. I can do more in that one hour purely from this fact that you're articulating more. Uh, and the fact that I couldn't see what they're writing and they can't see what I'm writing, or we could do it. We could do it on bits of paper. So I'd actually ask them, can you write two X plus one equals six? Can you, can you write it? And then they would write it. Can you show me what you've written? If I wanted to see it, if I don't want to see it, I want, I want to ask, how are you going to solve it? Well, I'll do this, this, and this, or can you solve it and then show it to me? Uh, but I, I want them to articulate. So I made this article and in person, this is kind of weird to say, can you articulate it? I mean, because you're sitting there right next with a piece of paper. Uh, so I learned how to articulate myself more and I learned how to get them to articulate and that's a yeah pedagogical strength yeah so so is is this a style that you developed over kind of your many years of tutoring or something that you realized from quite early on that you were able to implement from your first days you know for for a tutor listening to this who's who's coming into their own of tutoring what what kind of support can you give for for how you develop a, this kind of unique style yeah i mean i would say it's um it's basic communication uh we uh, we do that even in person anyway uh, but online you have to kind of amplify that aspect you have to really think about it carefully and instead of being phased by oh my god i can't see what they're writing say actually why don't we just make that strength to it you're using uh, and it's called dual coding so using two channels always you are using the audio channel and the visual channel well you can you make more use of the audio channel uh, rather than rely over rely on the visual channel uh, there's a sensory one as well with manipulatives but uh, that's yeah that's for other stuff so uh, i would say just do what you normally do in teaching but don't be phased by the fact that i mean these days you can use online whiteboards and things and you can replicate that process so I'll, i've kind of evolved into that stage but at the core of it i've learned how to articulate and ask them to articulate so that's that's really still the main 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 thing despite all the new technology yeah and that's that's important to remember isn't it is that that heightened sense of 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 audio of, of of being able to communicate with your your student through the online medium 
is is not, as you say, a weakness. And and actually, if you are a tutor who has uh, been conducting uh, online sessions over the past year and is considering moving back into pers- you know into face to face tuition, then certainly something to consider is the processes and the patterns that you've built up over the past year and not kind of disrupting that momentum that you've had with the student especially if your student has got uh, accustomed to working online going back to -to face-to-face tuition may in fact be more disruptive uh, than remaining online and using those those skills and abilities that they've picked up um both for you and the student uh you know we've all learned digital skills this year more than than perhaps we were expecting so so let's make use of those certainly This summer, join us for the first ever Love Tutoring Festival, a celebration of tutoring in all its aspects. We invite you to bring all your experience and expertise to make this event the most exciting event to ever happen in the world of tutoring. The festival, running from Monday the 28th of June to Friday the 2nd of July, is a rich and varied programme of free events, keynote presentations, workshops, live podcasts and practical demonstrations spread out over a whole week. And don't worry, everything will be recorded. So as long as you're enrolled, we'll give you access to any of the events that you miss later on. We're also offering a limited number of tickets for our famous CPD accredited workshops. If you purchase a ticket to any or all of these practical and engaging workshops, you'll also receive a certificate of completion after the event. To register for the free pass and to grab your CPD tickets, go to qualifiedtutor.org forward slash love tutoring festival. Now, Atal, I want I want to, to turn a little bit now towards something that um, is really a foundational concept in your in your uh, tutoring service, in your tutoring philosophy. Um, and this is something that's been kind of percolating in, in my mind, but also within the, the community, qualified tutor community that, that, that we have. Um, why, is, why is performance, why is uh, exam grades and performance, why are they not a good measure of, of actual learning? Well, this is a great question and I could talk for hours just on this one, um, but I'll, I'll give you another sort of a headline thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> I think this is a really huge problem with education and what's really shadow education. So the tutoring merely amplifies the problems with education. Uh, so the education in most Northwestern cultures is going on what's um, what we call a conveyor belt system. <clears throat> so the teacher has a scheme of work uh, in year six, let's go for the 11 plus. So today we are going to look at adding fractions with the same denominator uh, for an hour session and it's assumed that every child will grip in theory 100% of what the teacher wants them to grip Uh, and if every child did grip exactly what the teacher and the system wants them to grip by the end of year six 100% in the way everything is designed the scheme of work is designed they could pass a GCSE for uh, or be pretty close to it because a GCSE maths exam to pass it a three or four isn't actually uh, isn't actually that difficult. And Mark McCord's calculated this about one thousand six hundred hours worth of lessons during all of a uh, people's school journey for just three hundred and twenty odd mathematical ideas. Uh, the 
thing with the tutoring industry is it caters because it's a, it's a livelihood, which is understandable. Um, it caters to what I would call the, the pressure points or where performance is rewarded um, in every way of speaking. So that's a, a seven plus. The 11 plus, which is a high stakes, high reward thing. Uh, and then you got 13 plus in some public schools. You've got the GCSE, which is arguably the probably the, the most high volume, high stake one. And then you've got the A-levels. So the tutoring industry is kind of, if you think of these as pressure points, that's where people make their livelihood. Uh, there's, there's a few people who homeschool. I've got homeschooling duties, adults, etc. And performance is, so when I, the other why I tutor with this child, uh, it wasn't that I was interested in her performing. I was really interested in her becoming a resilient individual, a mathematical child. A math, um, to, be, to become a mathematician means to be able to, ma- mathematics is a great metaphor for life. You've got a problem there that you don't know. You just look at it and sometimes you might just, get anxious and go blank. Uh, so you've got to think of what the hell is this question asking? What is this problem even about? And that's like life, you encounter a problem. What, what is this? How can I start to attack this problem in all the tools I have so far in my toolbox? Which tool will I apply? How will I apply it? I might apply this tool, it doesn't work. I might apply that tool, it doesn't work. And that skill where you apply these different things and it doesn't work, is not rewarded by the system. And that's, that's like absolutely atrocious. Uh, the only thing that's rewarded by the system is actually getting the right answer. And that is performance. Uh, and if you design an education system based on performance, if tutors are obsessed about performance because the parents are anxious about performance, because the school is anxious about the performance, because the child then becomes anxious about the performance, you've created a learning environment that's actually completely counter to teaching someone um there's no such thing as i mean a curriculum is there's no such thing really as a curriculum to be spliced into year groups because you you can have children in year six that haven't learned any new mathematics because mathematics is a hierarchical subject from year two onwards they've learned no new mathematics at all whatsoever Uh, or uh, i get students who have learned no new mathematics since they uh, you know, they don't number bond, they don't have number sense at all what's, whatsoever. Uh, and then you have some in year six who are really batting to so years eight, year nine level. So, of course, they are going to pass the 11 plus. Uh, uh, so, um, because the whole thing is designed around performance uh, and, and real learning is very difficult to infer because there's no direct measure of it. Uh, real learning can be inferred by an expert because you can get the feel of how they're thinking mathematically. So when I get a dyscalculia 2T and they're making loads of beautiful patterns with their rods or their dots, I tell them, wow, you are really mathematical. It just hasn't come through in a formal sense. You're not doing mathematics formally, but you have such a mathematical mind. Or I have another dyscalculia 2T. He's really great with assembling computers, making computers. And he's interacting live. I mean, he's just gripping stuff very, very fast, but if I've used the right modality, right thing. So for me, that's how I measure. Uh, but because he's been judged his entire life, he's in year 10 now, he's been judged for his performance. He's got extremely low self-esteem. Parents think he's not that good at maths. I've just told him, you're very good at maths because you can work. You are mathematical.
Yeah. Uh, I think there is a little bit in there. You're, you're alluding to some of the processes at all that you've picked up over your over your time as a tutor that so many tutors uh, completely, you know, not their fault at all, but it's they haven't had the, the time with the students to understand that. So if you could pick a pick apart a little bit more what what you're talking about there in a kind of wider sense what 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 does what you've just said tell us about the difference between expert tutors and and tutors who are just beginning and novice tutors Mm. well uh like if you look at any other parts of industry it makes a perfect sense when you look at the profession in this in the industry and we have to teach we have to um have to take tutoring seriously it's it's a profession uh when i think about tutoring i don't think of it as a pocket money job uh, which it can be for quite a lot of people i think of it as a serious profession i think of it in the aristotelian aristotle term where he was a tutor and he did the teaching for alexander the great um so in japan I believe a teacher is still called something like a novice teacher. They're not called a teacher teacher for the first 10 years of their teaching. So it takes around roughly 10 years to become expert at anything. Uh, so when I was doing my mechanical engineering degree, you do your years in industry, you do your training, you are mentored. And after a certain number of industry experience, you, you're given chartered status. And at that point, I can say I'm actually an engineer, a chartered engineer. Um, The problem with the tutoring industry is anyone can set up as a tutor and they're called a tutor. And it simply does take a lot of time and a lot of teaching experience to go to learn and then become an expert tutor. Uh, And I I would even go as far as arguing that possibly most of the tutoring industry is novice uh because it is a pocket money job for a lot of people it's just something they do as a as a stopgap there are expert teachers who tutor on the side and that's that's fine because that's their day job as well um but it really does take that much time i i just don't know why in tutoring we don't think that's that it takes 10 years to become an expert tutor uh, like a doctor would a surgeon would have been doing surgery for many 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 years before you can trust them to do like expert surgery um so that's yeah that's that's the difference and the experts are able to see things uh it's almost like you develop a sixth sense uh you're able to intervene much faster your parent gives an inquiry i can read from the inquiry uh, from the email actually what the parent's going to be like what they're after uh for me like they're so anxious about performance that they can't think in the long run. I don't think that's going to be a good client. I can just pick that up or I can pick that up. Like I can pick up the whole, everything, like the dynamics of what's going on. Uh, I can I can read things faster. I can figure out what the true starting point of the people is and how to intervene uh, in the appropriate way um, and communicate. Uh, and it's a system as well. It's a system between the tutor, the tutee, the parent and the school, all four are are important so uh, experts are able to just yeah play these four parts of it very very uh, very in a very intelligent and well thought out way good which is uh, the greatest self-promotion that you've given yourself so far at all very uh, very modest and, and and humble individual but that's certainly true there is 
there is uh, another level, isn't there, to being uh, an expert tutor, which involves um, these kind of uh, completely natural understandings and, and approaches to to the entire sphere of education of a, of a student, whether that's the parents, whether that's what they do at school, whether that's who they are as an individual, their nurturing, their upbringing, all these kind of things an expert tutor will be able to pick up on, um, not just outside the session, but within the session as well, little subtleties and changes in, in mood and and um, and uh, kind of humour and that kind of, uh, those areas um, that are so key to one-to-one to, to -one tuition. So, yeah, I, th I think those are, those are, you know, it may be a bold statement for many tutors to hear that that most of the tutoring industry is, is made up of, of novice tutors, but, you know, it's, it's not wide of the mark really. And that's that's something that, Many organisations and, and and agencies, including ourselves, are, are, are you know are, are trying to change is, is is to bring about that kind of professionalism and, and regulation to this young but but ambitious industry. Um, now we're, we're just coming towards the kind of the twenty five half twenty five minute half an hour mark that tends to um, kind of be the parameters of of, of these wonderful episodes. Um, we know our listeners would love to sit in longer, but but we uh, also appreciate the kind of a listener attention span. So there are a couple of questions I'd like to finish with um, at all, and and maybe if you were able to give these as kind of just. Um, wonderful kind of short sharp pieces to leave our, our, our listeners with what what are your top three tips for maths tutors working online um yeah so i would say uh the number one tip is get continuous professional development and that means attending maths conferences and also conferring with your other maths tutor colleagues because you learn more from your CPD and maths tutoring colleagues than you will for my tutoring. Like I learned more in the last four years of my maths CPD and tutoring and conferring than I did in the 10 years before, actually. Uh, so that's my number one one. <laughs> Number two, with online tutoring, just focusing on the online tutoring aspect, uh, keep it extremely simple in the beginning. Uh, don't get distracted by the technology. Um, extremely simple means if you can do a conduct a tutoring session just with a video call, just do that and add the moving parts in very, very slowly. Uh, and um, the third tip I would say is you've got to expand because the tutoring industry is, is driven by this performance thing. And if you are a GCSE tutor, it's tempting to just tutor GCSE. If you're an A-level tutor, it's tempting just to tutor A-level or A-level further maths or 11 plus. But maths is a hierarchical subject and it is, you know that it's unnegotiably hierarchical. So if you're teaching A-level and your student doesn't know about inequalities, for example, You've got to expand your teaching both in both directions in the earlier phases. So teach someone, if you're an A-level tutor, teach a little bit of GCSE. So see where the foundational knowledge comes from. And if you teach A-level maths, then teach further level maths. So if you teach 11 plus, teach the older ones. Because it's a whole mathematics is not one, you can't pick one bit of it. 
you have to understand the whole big picture. Okay, well, there's there's the challenge for for maths tutors is to uh, to drop down your level of, of maths to the level below, and then the, the 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 objective is to push past that, push through that, and take your student to to the level above, essentially, uh, if you're able to. Um, thank you, Atul. That's that's very kind. And and finally, where can listeners find you and and find you next? What's coming up next, and 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 where can people get in contact if they want to talk more about about what you do? Well, I'm fairly prominent on social media, so uh, yeah, I'm easy to find. Um, you can just, uh, probably Twitter is the best one. So you can, uh, my, my Twitter handle is just my first name and surname, which is A-T-U-L-R-A-N-A. And I suppose my next big thing is presenting at uh, MathsConf 26. Uh, it's July the 10th or 12th, I can't remember, but I'll, I'll post that and I'll be presenting about the field axioms, which are nine axioms in maths, and relating to that very last tip, it's the nine axioms of maths that underpin the whole subject. Uh, so that's my that's my next thing. So brilliant, wonderful. Well, as I said, uh, Atul is, is is far too modest to promote the other uh, areas in which he. Um, is present and um, he has a, a Facebook live stream every Sunday. Um, he is social media rep for, for, for Bitpaper, a wonderful uh, video uh, tutoring app. Um, he hosts uh, Maths Chat Live. You can find him on Maths Tutors UK or Science Tutors UK, the, the two very big uh, online tutoring communities. So th- there are many places to find that all and, and the people that, that Atul um, leads, directs, supports, encourages. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, and and now you can find him on on, on the QT podcast. So thank you very much, Atul. That was a, a extremely thorough uh, look through kind of uh, the philosophies behind the, the tutoring that you do, um, and really an encouragement to online tutors that what they're doing is is incredibly valuable and, and doesn't have to be uh, replaced with face to face tuition as, as soon as we can. That there's there's much advantage to to the online tutoring sphere. And he's finished with some uh, his top three tips for math tutors. So go and implement them this afternoon or tomorrow or whenever you listen. Uh, and we will see you all next time. Thank you very much, Atul. Thanks, Uda. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes below. We exist to connect, share and learn with you because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference. You know why... um zoom does that now it has that very strange kind of voice did, did you hear that just then yeah, yeah i did it is yeah yeah, yeah. being recorded anyway. that's consent and everything yeah that's yeah. away from the wild days of zoom before yeah, no, finally they're bringing things back in yeah mm. <laughs> welcome to this episode of the qualified tutor podcast uh, and a huge welcome to a true pioneer of, of online tutoring atul rana um, Atul has built a, a large and dedicated following of tutors, educators, parents uh, and students by providing uh, helpful, practical advice consistently to all tutors out there. Uh, 